and that we love a chat. We love to help and that's a fact. So we have made it our mission to find stuff out. From diagnosis and education, slimming out of pure frustration. Chat to folks who've been there too, collect it together and share it with you. If you know someone we should speak to, send them our way and that's what we'll do. We like to have our sensory networks. You know what? Hi everyone, it's Jenny, joined by Lorraine this week. Hi Lorraine, how are Hi. you? Hi, I'm good, thanks. Good, and it's another Sensory Matters one, and we are talking about uh, various things, but Katie's podcast last week, where she revealed she was heading off to uni. Um, so, yeah, Lorraine, what were your thoughts on what she had to say? First, I just want to wish her the best of luck at uni, because, you know, Katie's our little Katie. Yeah. Um. There's lots of things that I took from the podcast, but there's also lots of questions that I've got for the future. So there's things like I want to see how Katie gets on having had that break from school to uni and not going straight in, if that helps. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. From what she was saying, I I think it will. Um, But I guess time will tell because she just wasn't in the right place earlier to do it. And now it's become something that she really wants to do. And I think that motivation of really wanting to do something will make it successful. Yeah, and Um, that's what I think. And I think that's really interesting for other autistic people who might want to go to uni. And it's something I keep telling Jamie about GCSEs and things. I think if it doesn't matter if you're not ready to do something right now, you've got your whole life to do it. Exactly. I have the same conversation with Maisie all the time, who's just coming to the end of primary school. She's gone into her last year of primary school and she's already panicking about exams in high school. Yeah. And I'm like, geez, Maisie, even even if, you know, it, you don't have to get them that year, hopefully you will and you'll be in the right place to do it. But if you don't, you know, there are plenty of grown ups that go back and do these qualifications. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. And this is where I'm now going to be able to use Katie's podcast with Jamie to say, look, look at Katie. Katie took this time to, you know, grow and find herself. And now she's going off to uni. And I just really hope it works really well for her. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it will. She's dead excited. It'll be good. Yeah. And I think I think Wales are leading the way for autism at the moment. So some of the things that she said about, about her uni are just yeah. incredible. Yeah, absolutely. And let's hope the others follow suit because it just opens everything up to everyone then. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, really good. Um, so that kind of links in with our newsworthy thing, doesn't it, really? Yeah. So tell us about that. So yesterday was GCSE results across uh, the UK. Well, I'm not sure about Scotland. <laughs> um, and I saw everybody getting the results and everybody was posting on Facebook, you know, such and such did this and they're really proud. And I totally forgot that Jamie actually did some GCSEs this year. <laughs> because she she sort of finished through she she's done some so she hasn't got any grades for some so she's done like half of certain exams and um because it all got too much she came home from school during the exam season so it completely gone out of my head that she'd actually done them yeah and so I, I saw everyone getting the results and then I went on Twitter and the school that that she'd been at was saying congratulations I was like oh gosh I wonder if Jamie's actually got anything so I messaged and she'd got a C in preparing for work oh very good um but yeah it just like I saw all those kids on Facebook getting their results and I just thought such it's such a stressful day yes and I'd completely forgotten about my own child (laughs) (laughs) yeah but then that's good in a way because then you're not putting the pressure on her to perform and it goes back what we were saying about Katie going to uni a bit later is that 
if it takes Jamie five years to get her a GCSEs, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. Why we all get so hung up on this one day, this one year of completing the work is is quite something. Yeah, and I think Katie said this before in previous podcasts about exams and things. We, we all have to pass the same exams, but we're not all good in exam situations. So exactly. it's not it's not a fair. What's the word? A fair measure yeah measure it's just it's not because I know me personally I'm not an exam person yeah but I can I can pick things up if I'm taught on the job yeah exactly I know I know but I can't I can't see it changing no and it's a shame because there's all these measures in place and it does cause a lot of anxiety it does so I wonder what I mean clearly was Jamie feeling anxious about obviously not the results because she'd both forgotten but when she was doing her exams or, and bits of them this year was she anxious yeah I think the main problem for us was because it was residential school so mm-hmm. locally when kids have exams they go in for that exam so they may have like a revision period do the exam and then they get to come home and relax yeah where Jamie just had like a whole three weeks of stress and anxiety and in between exams it was back into the classroom because Jamie's also only year 10 right so I'm not sure what year 11s were doing in her school but Jamie was back in the classroom with her peers so it was just too much and she didn't get the chance to be like mom it was a hard exam I need a cuddle yeah yeah there was none of that so I think that really didn't help yeah fair enough yeah um, but yeah, so that's the the thing with it, isn't it? It's just remembering and I think making sure our children know that obviously you want them to try their very, very best at the time, um, but also if things don't pan out, giving them that support that it's, it really is not the end of the world. Yeah, and I just I would like to say to anyone that got GCSE results yesterday that, that were unhappy with their results, you can resit. You can take vocational qualifications. There's so many options out there. Yes, because a lot of people feel like it's game over. Yeah. If I've not got my GCSEs, I can't choose my A levels, and then just screws up the rest of my life. And it's so not true, because in many ways, it's failing something or finding something a challenge, and then going back and resitting it and getting a better grade can be looked on favourably by universities and employers because it's it's evidence of resilience and persistence and determination. So it's it's definitely not the end of the world. No, not at all. And I think, who who actually knows at the age of 16 what they want to do in the future? Nobody. So you don't no, know... Very few. Yeah, you don't know what GCSEs you need, what A-levels you want to take. So I think if, if things haven't gone the way you want them to go... You can just have a look at the wider world and see what's out there and you might find something perfect. Yes. And there are plenty of people in later life that go back and do GCSEs or A-levels because they finally decided what they want to do and they need different ones to what they did when they were younger to take them on the right path. Yeah. And, And that's absolutely fine. So, yeah, I mean, I, I failed my I did really well in my GCSEs, but I'm pretty much failed my A levels, um, which meant I couldn't get into the course that I wanted to do at uni. Um, so I had to go and do another course at uni, which wasn't really the one I wanted to do. But this other one, if I did really well in my first year at university, they would let me transfer onto the course that I wanted to do. Um, and I did it and it all panned out. So. You know, sometimes sometimes it can be a, a positive thing. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I did GCSEs and the one the ones that I took, I did well in. I was very up and down at school um, and some I just didn't turn up for. So I didn't have enough because I always wanted to join the army and I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't have enough to do the job that I wanted to do. But then actually when I went to the army training centre for my assessment, I was too short to do that job anyway. <laughs> so... <laughs> <clears throat> Yeah. Do, do you, does that shortness thing still exist? Because I remember wanting to go to the fire service when I was younger and I wasn't tall enough for that. Um, and I ended up putting beer mats inside my shoes. Um, it was like a, a kid's kind of like a late teens induction day type thing where you went and had some assessment. Yeah. Um, and I put beer mats in the heels of my shoes to make me tall enough because I only needed to be another couple of inches. But I'd not thought it through because they made me take my shoes off, obviously. <laughs> yeah. um, so it didn't really pan out. But I remember air hostesses had to be a certain size and height and, and um, you, you know, there was all these things. But I think a lot of that's gone now because it's a bit heightist. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I mean, my original plan was to join the Navy. Right. Um, I was always going to join the Navy. I wanted to go in the Queen Alexandra's Royal Naval Nursing Service. And I went to the careers office and you had to be five foot three to join the Navy so that you could reach the emergency hatches on ships. Right. I'm four foot 11 and a half, so that was never going to happen. <laughs> so I'm not sure with that because obviously the emergency hatches haven't changed. No. Uh, but then I just... The guy said, well, go and speak to the, the army The army fellow next door. I went and spoke to him. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this instead. Right. Cool. I was told with the, the fire service, it's to do with the hoses. If you've got someone, I don't know whether this is a load of nonsense, and they were talking nonsense at the time, um, that if you had someone that was six foot six holding the hose and then someone next in line that's like five foot three holding the hose, then the water wouldn't flow as well. So hmm. so I guess there are practical considerations. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the police were the same at one point. Mm. But I actually applied for the police. Right. And there was nothing said about my height. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting how it's it's changed for some. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean... Anyway, the, job, the job I wanted to do was a dog trainer. Oh, really? Yeah, in the army. So it was for the vet, the army veterinary corps. So that's why I don't understand how height could possibly have anything to do with that job. No, no, it's funny. Yeah, but there's just. But I do think probably that's. I bet that's changed for stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's what. Did you have any other crazy jobs that you wanted to do? Um, no, well, I always wanted to join the navy, and then when I found out I couldn't, it was the army. I wanted to be a dog trainer. So that was that I had my heart set on that until they told me I was too short. And then it was just definitely the army. I didn't really care what I did in there because I only had a choice of three jobs due to my height. Right. Yeah. I just kind of picked one and went for it. Yeah. I wanted to be an actress and star in Neighbours and move <laughs> to Australia. That was my big big thing but I wasn't I wasn't allowed to I did drama GCSEs because this is another interesting topic around GCSEs actually is that I did drama GCSEs and I got an A in it and I absolutely loved it and I wanted to do drama A level but I wasn't allowed my parents wouldn't let me um because you know well I can understand why because the chances of me getting in neighbors or becoming some great big celebrity somewhere is pretty slim so they wanted me to choose something more sensible like science, which is what I did. And then I obviously went on to fail that. Um, and I've always wondered if I'd been allowed to make my own choice, where that would have taken me. Yeah, I think 
society's changed so much because I would never stop my kids from choosing what they wanted to do. Same. Where back in my day, I can remember with my brother, get a trade, you need a trade. Yeah. Yeah, he had to have a trade. It wasn't like he couldn't do what he wanted. He needed to think about it sensibly for the future, get himself a trade because all men have a trade. And that was, I mean, I'm only 37. (laughs) So it's crazy because I would never say that to Joe. I'd be like, do you know what, Joe, follow your dreams, do whatever you want. Yes. See, I I wonder if it goes in cycles. So my, my parents obviously didn't have the chance well, my dad was the first person in his family to go to uni. My mum was a nurse. Um, and they didn't, like for women even then, the opportunity to go to university and things, it just wasn't heard of. Mm-hmm. So they were probably steering me in that way, thinking, well, we didn't have those opportunities and we want you to have the best opportunities. Yeah. So we'll guide you along that path. And, you know, everything's panned out brilliantly, actually, with the business, et cetera, but that's not the original route. Um I went down, but I I then wonder, for me, I always have a bit of a, oh, I wish I'd done drama. So I'll encourage my kids to do whatever their passion is. And then maybe they'll get a rubbish job and (laughs) and find life hard because they're not earning a lot of money or whatever else. And then they'll tell their kids, no, get a proper, proper job. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think with my my mum, I think it was probably just, and I needed something to keep me straight. So the army was brilliant. Yes. Uh, and because I, it was something that I'd wanted to do, obviously, the Navy, I mean, the Navy, I was about 11 when I wanted to do that, so I probably could have grown. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's just something that I always wanted to do. I used to go down to the careers office and volunteer, and, like, I was, yeah. was going to do my full 22 years. I was never going to get married. I was never going to have kids. Mm-hmm. I was going to be this career-driven woman. <laughs> that was what was in my head. Yeah. It's just amazing how much it changes, isn't it? Yeah. Like, and, and that's why, again, going back to the not getting hung up on results, people do change and your, your goals and aspirations change. So it's important not to get really upset over it. Yeah, absolutely. Because things just happen. Like yeah. you meet boys, you meet girls that you don't expect. Yeah, exactly. And takes you off on a different tangent. Yeah. Cool. Right. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about our sensory matter of the week. For the remainder of August, you can get 20% off at Chewy Gem UK and Chewy Gem Canada. No code needed in the UK, but if you're shopping in Canada, use the code B2S20. And that will give you 20% off on both of those websites. You can still get the jazz pendant with 10% off at Chewy Gem USA. Now back to the podcast. Okay, welcome back. So, um, yes, sensory matter of the week, Lorraine. What is it this week? So yesterday, uh, well, we've got the back to school sale at the moment. So uh, every day of the week I've been doing a live video just showing a lot of our products in more detail and in real life. Yesterday Mm -hmm. I picked up the Zenstones. I was like, right, I'm going to do a live with the Zenstones. And it's not a product I've ever really even taken out of the packet before Mm -hmm. as soon as I picked it up I was just mesmerized by it so it's it just made me think that there's probably so many things out there that are great for our senses that we might not think are for us yeah give them a try like I'm sat here now spinning these zen stones I've had them on I took them off for bed obviously but I just I just this is fantastic this necklace yeah I, I, I was um 
I was doing something, but I was scrolling on Facebook and I saw that live come up and I, I just saw the image of you holding it when spinning the middle one. Yeah, that, that's what I'm doing now. And it's yeah. not, I would never buy this. Yeah. I wouldn't go onto a website and think that's for me because it's too big. It's too statementy for me. Yeah. But yeah. it's fantastic. But so, I, I never thought of it in, in that spinning sense either. When I saw you doing that, I thought, wow, that's genius. Yeah. And it's like, I like to watch things spin. You know mm-hmm. them videos that you get on um, on Facebook and it's like the perfect cakes and you just watch them going round and round, spiral, yeah. things like that. It's just like watching something like that. It's just lovely. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I just it's think, that, I'm thinking now, what I, I want to try things that I wouldn't normally try. So have you got anything on your list that you've thought of um, that you want to try? Not yet, because obviously I'm just like really obsessed with the Zen stones now. <laughs> um but just in general, I think sometimes if I'm out shopping and I see sensory stuff, I might think, oh, no, that's not for me. Because I just automatically think that's not me. Mm-hmm. So now I think when I look at things, I'm going to be like, maybe I'll have a go and explore it a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. And, you, you, yeah. and, and I think so the, the message there is not to be restricted by what you think you know. Yeah. And so because the thing the- is, this Zen stone, sorry, I'm, I get really obsessed when I get into something. <laughs> this is a necklace. So you just see it as a necklace that you can chew. And I'm not a chewer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just amazed by all the other things it can do because it's not yeah. just a chewing necklace. Yeah, and, and that's it. And, and not just our stuff, but everything out there can all be used in a different way to perhaps it was originally intended. Yeah. And, you know, you can you can adapt it to meet your own needs. Yeah, well, I'm going to hack this necklace because I think I just want one. So I'm going to do yeah. a hack video on it. But, yeah, I just think, like, there's so many possibilities. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to really but explore. Are there any other of our products that you've not really taken out of the packet? Um, Just having a look because I've got them spread out at the moment because I've been doing videos on them. Mm. There's a lot of things that I thought I wouldn't like that I've found to be really good, like the Hexitube. Yeah. I, I never thought I would like that because it's big. Yeah. But I've got one on my desk and I'm constantly playing with it. Yeah, I like the hex. Perfect yeah. to fit in your palm and switch. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. I, I think sometimes, like, the spinner necklace is quite big. I don't think yeah. I would wear that as a necklace, but I think I could be mesmerised by playing with it. Yes. Yeah, I think that's the thing, like, not to look at them as just jewellery. Yes. Because a lot of people say, oh, um, I need a bangle for my child, but they're really, really skinny wrists. It's like, well, you don't have to wear them as a bangle. Use no. them as a handheld. Yeah, exactly that. Put them on a cord. There's so much you can do with the product. Yes. Oh, there was one that I saw in our help desk system yesterday, actually, that I think, I don't know whether it was you or Katie or somebody else that was dealing with it, but I thought it was an interesting question. So I read the responses because I wanted to know the answer and it was the finger one was that you oh yeah that was me yeah so that that was because I was about to jump in and suggest something and then I saw that and I thought yeah that's genius yeah because that's the thing if people message us and ask we've been doing this for so long Mm -hmm. we've probably got little hacks that you can do so there's this little kid choose their fingers and the parent wanted to know what they can use so I was like well because their fingers are quite little a pencil cover wouldn't fit on my fingers but they'll fit on theirs yeah it's definitely worth a try yeah, absolutely. And then we'll and get feedback from the parents. What, sorry? They wanted something with texture. Oh, the other one, yeah. So that's when I'd just done the Zen stones. 
the personality yeah. texture. So I was like, these are brilliant. Yeah. So there you go. Messages, don't just write something off. Yeah. Uh, give it a go. And certainly, you know, when you're out and about and you see something, then it don't write it off. Try it. Yeah. Um, and if it's our stuff, then message us and we'll, we'll come up with all these wonderful ideas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So question this week from one of our listeners is quite often neurotypicals and the lay public when they find out someone is autistic will say some infuriating things um and this person is asking what do you say in response to it so the kind of things I hear about being said all the time are things like oh really you don't but you don't look autistic or um well you you can't be that autistic because you know you're coping or those sorts of things all the kind of myth things and they're probably saying it to be nice Mm -hmm. In that they're trying to say, oh, but you're you're not really autistic because you come across as really normal, air quotes, um, which to our community can be quite infuriating and insulting. Yeah. So the, the question is, how do you respond when that sort of thing is said? Well, I have an in my head response that, that yeah. I would like to say to people. Okay which is usually something like, well, you don't look ignorant, you know, the, the sort of thing you see yeah. on, on the memes that are going around. But then I think, well, hang on a second, how are these people ever going to learn and be educated if if I said something like that to them? Yes. Um, and actually, I was walking the dog yesterday and there was a couple of ladies on the next street just having a little chat and my dog really loves one of them. So I stopped to talk. And they were talking about um, an adult with autism. This woman used to work in Greg's and this boy used to go in and he had to have four sausage rolls. So every afternoon they would save four sausage rolls for this this boy and mm. keep them because they knew that he had to have them. And I was like, oh, that's really nice. And this was quite a while ago and, and this woman's quite old. And as that's really good. You know, if you've got somebody that understands, it's amazing. So we then got on to talking about Jamie and then about Joe's diagnosis. And then I said that I was autistic. And she was like, well, I never would have guessed that. And I said, said, because I've gone for 37 years trying to be like everybody else. I said, so you would never know. Yeah. I said, but that's the way it is because it's an invisible. I don't want to say disability when people say invisible disability. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's not obvious. So I think to say something like, oh, you don't look autistic. Mm -hmm. You you don't look diabetic. You know, you don't. There's all these things that you don't look. Yes. Yeah, but I, th- I think they're, they're not thinking about what they're saying. They're just trying to be nice. Well, that's it. It's just the first thing that pops into their head, isn't it? Because otherwise they wouldn't say it. Yes. You know, if they actually took the time to think about it. Yeah. So what, what would be the ideal response, do you think, for neurotypicals to say? Um, maybe to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would never... Uh, maybe something along the lines of, I would never have guess that you were autistic um, and then ask how how it affects you how you know maybe I don't know but it'd be nice yeah. if people asked questions rather than said awkward things yes yeah because I think I think we do a lot of talking around we get people asking silly or saying s- silly things that they're not they're trying to be nice but it, it's it can be quite rude um and then we see lots of these smart memes exactly what you said coming back with 
witty, fast responses, which in the real world, none of us do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and exactly what you're saying, you don't want to respond like that and put the put people off and and cause bad feeling and make them feel bad and not move them forward in their education and understanding of the community. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it would it would be quite nice to talk about the, the right thing to, for these people to say so that they know. Maybe the question, like, what does autism look like? Yeah. Because this was the other thing, speaking to this lady about the sausage rolls, I'd actually just been down to get some aero moves for Jamie. Jamie's not very well, and it's the only way that we can get meds into her. Yeah. When I got to the co-op, they didn't have any in stock, and I was like, oh, gosh. So I was telling the lady, I said, oh, well, this is pretty similar. We've got no aero moves. I said, now, when Jamie was five, that would be a massive problem because Jamie wouldn't understand why there are no aero moves. But now, yeah. at nearly 16, I can come back and say, look, I've been to the co-op. There's no aero moves. We're going to have to wait until tomorrow. And that's fine because Jamie's grown over all those years and she, she understands these things now. Yes. Yeah. Everybody changes. So where people are probably expecting a meltdown about everything, mm-hmm. that's not always the case. And that's where we, we learn as we grow. And that's where yeah. a lot of autistic adults have learned to mask. Yeah. So it is difficult to, to know. And I, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people out there that think, oh, yeah, Lorraine can't be autistic because she does this and she does this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they, absolutely. I don't live in my house. <laughs> no. I'm pretty or sure. Your, yeah, or your head or anything else. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe I'm just trying to think if, if I had a, if I met someone on the street and they said, oh, I'm autistic. I'm trying to think what I would respond with. And I think it's difficult because I'm in this community, but I think I would probably say something along the lines of, oh, I work in that field and I know lots of people on the spectrum. Um, How does your autism present for you? That's probably what I would do. I think a lot of the time this question comes up because people don't really say, oh, I'm autistic. No. I think it's usually children. So somebody will be speaking to a parent of a child Yes. And they'll say, oh, well, actually, they were diagnosed last week or something. So, oh, I would never have thought they were, yes. they were autistic. And then I think that opens up the conversation of, well, what what is autism? Because people think autism is Rain Man. Yes. Um, and I had this conversation with my psychologist, actually, when I was being diagnosed. People put autism and learning disabilities together. Yes. And that is what people think autism looks like. But you can be autistic and not have learning disabilities. Yeah. So it needs to be separated. And I think that's where people don't understand it. They expect somebody with autism to also have learning disabilities. Yeah. They think there should be a look or there should be a behaviour. So it should be obvious. Yeah. I think people need to, to learn that actually there's autistic people out there that just seeing the world completely differently but don't yes. have any associated learning disabilities. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, you're right, though, about it's it's more probably likely to be a conversation with a parent, isn't it, about my child's just had a diagnosis. Yeah, I think it's like school school playground gate sort of thing where you sat, uh, stood in your little groups. and Because I think as well there's probably a lot of parents that say, oh, such and such is child. Have you seen how they behave? Yes. You know, that, and they're the ones that... They'll get diagnosed and they'll say, oh, that was obvious. Yes. Yeah. And even that, even that's irritating because it's, it's like, oh, that was obvious as if it's bad or wrong. Yeah. 
It's and, a judgment, isn't it? Yeah, and it should be like, oh, how are you feeling now that you've found out that your son or your daughter's been diagnosed? And just be there for them. Just yeah. understand. Yeah. And and also be positive as well. You know, that, you know, it's it's great you've got a diagnosis. Hopefully you'll be able to get the support that you need and how are you feeling about it and that sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. Because autism doesn't limit people. No. No, there's a there's an upcoming podcast which I just recorded yesterday um with Asperger's Growth. Right. Um he's on YouTube and he's only 22 and what he has done in his life is just more than most 22-year-olds would do. So it certainly doesn't limit you. No, I mean look at Richie Smith. Yes. You know there's I mean th- there are people who are autistic that will struggle yeah. And they will need support for the rest of their life. But I think if, if you write your child off at an early age, before you've even given them a chance to grow, yes, they're not getting any opportunities. You've just got to work with your child and try and find their special skills. Yeah. Because everybody, whether you're autistic or not, everybody is good at something. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. So I hope, I hope that vaguely, roughly answered that <laughs> listener's question. Um, but I think it's it's about our community responding in a way that educates others, I suppose. Yeah, and I think it's difficult being autistic because a lot of us have no filter. So your immediate response wants to be the response that you probably shouldn't give. Yes. So it's hard to take that time to think, no, don't say that because that's not going to help. I need to say yeah. this. But that's where your little scripts in your head work because yes. you've already got that planned and ready for every eventuality yeah 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 it's good okay so i think that's us for this week then um and i'm trying to think what next week's episode is i shall let you know um i'm sure it could well be joel oh and the other thing while i'm looking that up is um richie smith we mentioned it's worth mentioning that his um book is now available to pre-order oh it's yes it's called the art of being in the sink it's about his life and the struggles and I would highly recommend going on and pre-ordering that for release in January yeah definitely it looks amazing I, I love the front cover of it yeah because for me I think the cover draws me to a book yes so yeah absolutely that, that cover, I have to buy it just for the cover yes absolutely so, yeah, that's something to do. Right, so next week is actually Tom from Asperger's Growth, um, who is the guy I was just mentioning. So that's next week's podcast. So make sure you tune in for that. But for now, that's us. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Well, that's it for this week. And thank you once again for listening. We really do appreciate it. If you've got time and you can spare 30 seconds, then go and give us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps other people find our content. And we know that our content and our episodes are so helpful to our community with lots of hints and tips and interesting interviews. So go and do your kind deed of the day and leave us a five-star review on iTunes to help others find us. Also, so that you never 
never miss an episode and you get a notification when a new one is available, why not hit subscribe? And that way you'll never miss us. Finally, if you're not already a member of our fantastic Facebook support group, I suggest you go join it. We'd love to see you in there. There's loads of fantastic chat, lots of peer-to-peer support from people in the same boat as you. So go and search on Facebook for the Chewy Gem Sensory Support Group and let us know what you're thinking of our episodes. Speak to you then. Bye.